The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet 100, and get 100. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash WinBet. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and... As always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. Welcome to the show. Give the show a follow on Twitter. Why not? At Notorious underscore OTB. Check it out. Uh, give the show a follow. Like us. Subscribe. I've been told if I give you this call to action early, you're more likely to do it. So, you know, do it. Uh, speaking of calls to action, we have the man who, uh, failed to menace, but succeeded to steal America's heart. Wow. Mr. Matthew DeSantis joining me for a special Monday episode. I'm going to Vegas folks, but Matthew, what's up? Not much, man. Uh, excited to talk some derby contenders here. The picture, I don't know if it's getting more clear, but we're at least getting further along in the derby trail. And mm-hmm. so by this point, we are starting to become a little bit more familiar with the names that are out there and there are potential possibilities and likelihoods of ending up in the starting gate of the Derby this year. So excited to talk about this group, which I think is still evolving, still changing. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting thing talking about, you know, Kentucky, the Kentucky Derby, the road to the Kentucky Derby, what kind of horses win these types of races? How many points do you need to get into the gate? All there's there's mm-hmm. a little bit of like, you know, stable math starts to play into it. Like uh, someone's entering like three horses into a race. It's like, OK, what horse do I need to win? And the others finish like second, and third kind of thing. See that in California a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's an interesting, interesting time of year. I'm not sure if a Derby winner has uh, emerged yet. I'm not sure if there's there's one that I can actually say like, yes, this is my Derby horse. Whereas like a couple, I, I think I'd fallen in love with a couple horses by this time last year. Yeah, I mean, I certainly was all in on simplification at this point last year, but that's another story for another podcast. But I will say that just that's to- that's another story from the same podcast. We had that we had <laughs> yeah. that it, it was a no, multi series really multi episode arc that you had. It, it really is, and it, it it's just come to a conclusion recently. <laughs> and so, uh, but the you know to your point though, we just saw Brad Cox debut a horse Bishop's Bay this weekend in a maiden special weight race at the fairgrounds posted a 97 buyer speed figure, which, Oh, by the way, was 10 points higher than the winner of the risen star posted right. later that night. So, and Cox has come out and said, I'm not rushing this horse like Bishop's Bay. And, yeah. you know, so Bishop's Bay might end up being like one of the better horses in this three-year-old crop. And we're not going to see this horse at all in the Derby trail. So right. in terms of which horses we actually see, there are some really good horses. Uh, Arthur's Ride is another horse that just broke its maiden down at Gulfstream Park. That's really good. You know, Pletcher's got a good one. Kings Barnes, who probably is on the Derby Trail, but it's just pretty young. So it's a it's a really interesting year this year where you're right. I have not fallen in love with any particular horse. There are a couple I like, but there's nobody that I've kind of stuck my flag in and go, that's my guy uh, to this point. Yeah, the reason, I think a lot of the reason that you're here is I know that you pay a little bit more attention to every other place than Oaklawn Park, uh, whereas I pretty much only have been paying attention to Oaklawn Park uh, as of late. So, like, I mean, I can tell you who who some, you know, just debuted, uh, 
you know, Ar- Arky bread maidens were that are that are going to be <laughs> absolute world beaters. I tell you, but uh, you know, I'm not I'm not as clued in into like a you know Tuesday Wednesday you know maiden special weight at, at Gulfstream or what's yeah. going on in New York, which you know oh, might prove to be inconse- inconsequential. <laughs> it usually uh, is, but I mean, I say that last year we had the Preakness and the Belmont winner come out of uh, New York with early voting in Modunigal, but historically the wood. Uh, and that the path up there has not been particularly noteworthy on the Derby Trail, um, and yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's an interesting year. It's just it's it's an interesting year with a lot of parity. I feel like it, you know, horse racing and maybe this three-year-old crop is kind of emblematic of a lot of team sports that we're seeing, where there's yeah. just a lot of parity. You know, you hear that in the NFL, you hear about it in the NBA. Uh, you know, parity is a big deal, and it just feels like there's a lot of parity. A lot of horses run between 85 and 92 buyer speed figures. And uh, the only ones that don't are owned by Bob Baffert usually and are trained by Bob Baffert. And right. uh, that that's coming to an end shortly. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a huge, uh, I mean, that's a huge storyline. I mean, uh, for one, two pieces of news came through that I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it was sexually charged uh, this weekend. Uh, the first one is that uh, Rex Ryan uh, was interviewing to be the, the DC of the Denver Broncos with, with mm-hmm. Sean Payton. I don't even like the Broncos, but something mm-hmm. about Rex Ryan just gets me going. Little pig boy. Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch, baby. Mistress gets the stand up. Just raring to go. And the other bit of news was that, uh, I mean, it's, it's official. I'm sure it's been said. Uh, many times, but it's official until the next round of litigation, probably, that Bob Baffert will not have a horse running in the Derby. I guess his horses won't accumulate points, and if they need to be in the Derby, they need to win under a trainer by another name, that another name, usually Tim Yachtin. Uh And so, speaking of that, sexually charged, yeah, nothing gets me going more than hearing that Bob Baffert isn't going to be in a Derby. <laughs> Little pig boy comes from the dirt. <laughs> He's a Weasley little mud grub who needs to be stood on. Little pig boy. Just exciting news. God damn it. Let's celebrate our bodies and our minds, you know? <laughs> well, and we're already seeing the barn transfers, right? We've already seen a horse like Reincarnate that's running in the Rebel Stakes this weekend at your aforementioned home, Oaklawn Park, mm-hmm. already being transferred to Tim Yachtin. Uh We've seen Hajazi getting uh, transferred to Tim Yachtin. Now, we're still waiting on horses like cave rock a horse like Faustin, still waiting on a couple of others but some of these big names we've already seen the dominoes drop and uh you know it's it's hard to imagine that they're not all going to end up in somebody else's barn at least temporarily and the deadline is february 28th that if they're not transferred to another person by february 28th they cannot accumulate points even if they run in a derby prep race well after uh, february 28th obviously uh they need that transfer to have gone in by the end of the month and then Bob gets to turn into some like creepy like voyeur who gets to like watch what's happening on TV and call Tim Yachtin on his cell phone and be like, "I need you to have the horse put the lotion on its skin again." You know, that's sort of just like weird watching from afar, kind of you know something that's fitting for the times when it comes to suspense and plot. You know, you know, it is. It is. You know, it's so funny that you you say that because it is inevitable that Baffert. You know, is the question is how much of these horses, how much independent training really happens, you know, right. in this situation? Right. Like, how much is Tim Yachtin being like, I'm changing up the protocols? Like, well, Tim Yachtin yeah. is a former assistant of Baffert. Yeah. He knows the Baffert regimen. Yeah. And like, 
they're going to stick to the same thing. And they're going to be right back in Baffert's barn in all likelihood, as soon as the Derby's over and he can race these horses everywhere else in the country. Then I'll tell you, I think, I think what they might have. Okay. I put on your tinfoil hat. It's going to get a little crazy for a second. What they might have is a clipboard with distinct uh, instructions printed out on dot matrix paper because they've been thinking about this for so long. What happens if I'm to be banned from the Kentucky Derby? Mm -hmm. And so it's just the old playbook that they've been reading like the gospel for about, you know, 15, 20, 15. Now they shouldn't use the playbook they used last year with Messier and Tabo. That was a bad playbook. That didn't work. They should use another playbook. They should also probably use other horses. Tabo is a nice horse. Messier is just not very good. Uh, But, uh, but he's got, I mean, Bob has got a massive crop this year. I mean, that's the thing is this is just an incredible group of three-year-olds he's got. And I think that's what clouds all of this. That's what makes it so unsure is because, they're just stuck in limbo, so we're all kind of stuck in limbo watching. Well, let's do the limbo rock, Matthew. Let's part these clouds that you speak of. We're going to take a break here at the Notorious OTV. When we get back, we're going to look at all the horses that would be in the gate if the Derby Trail ended today, and we're going to take a look at them, see if we want to prop bet anything on them. If there's any ones that we want to drop futures on, we'll see. We will be right back with more Notorious OTV. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Are you ready to play? Well, sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, and it's limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All I have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older. In present the state, where play through winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I've got the show's unofficial, official, unofficial host, Matthew DeSantis, joining me today. We're looking at who would be in the Kentucky Derby if the gates closed today, I broke it out five by five into four different blocks because that is how math works. So, so let's look <laughs> at the first block. These are going to be counted from the bottom to the top in terms of how many points they have. And uh, we got a little bit of a rich strike situation. We got someone tied, so we could te- technically got like 21 entries here. But uh, mm-hmm. number one is going to be Dennington with eight points. Uh, close the last futures pool. Uh, not on the futures pool. It would be two to one technically as an all other three-year-old. Uh, it was third in the Smarty Jones and ran a fourth in the LeCompte. Uh, Kenny McPeak trained horse sired by Gunrunner. I have this thing with Gunrunners where I feel like they are tradition. They should be traditionally like later maturing horses. So like their early success blows my mind away because I think of mm-hmm. like Gunrunner by Candy Ride, who is slow, you know, so slow developing that like he's mm-hmm. got just such precocious offspring. It's crazy. Um, he does. Also, anyone who describes themselves as precocious at any point is a terrifying person that you don't need in your life. What do you think about Dennington here, who's sitting at the bottom with eight points? Yeah, well, Dennington just came off a huge optional claiming win over the weekend at Fairgrounds, where he beat uh, Steve Asmussen, potential contender and first defender, as well as a horse like Banishing for Brendan Walsh. Uh, beat Cherie DeVoe's uh, Kyostro in that race as well. 
here's my problem with Dennington. This horse, when he runs in graded stakes company, is a pretty big nothing and doesn't really do much. And he, he accumulates points by finishing like 10 lengths back in those races and getting a third place. And here's the other thing. He ran that last race on Lasix, recorded a 91 buyer speed figure. Here's a statistic for you, boys and girls. Ken McPeak taking a horse off of Lasix, two for 41, 5% winning. Uh, so next time out for Dennington, that is a big no thank you for me. All right. I'm going to second it. I mean, a third and a fourth, you've just basically knocked around and passed tired horses. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't... I. If we're going to talk this next next futures pool, I could easily see Dennington uh, being still lumped in the all other two year olds, yeah. not really making any impact here. So moving on, uh, I've got it as twenty A, <laughs> uh, also with eight points, forty six to one in the last futures pool, second in the Holy Bull, only three career starts for Bill Mott, sired by Army Mule, Shadow Dragon, forty six to one. Um, I'm intrigued. I am intrigued by by Shadow Dragon, uh, and it's because when it comes to picking Kentucky Derby's futures, it's not about uh, who was really good and had a, a hot mixtape to get them to be a five star recruit their their senior year of high school. It's about how they now that they're on campus, are they performing as mm-hmm. freshmen? And so mm-hmm. there's a there's a big level of projection to it, and I see nothing but value, especially if this horse comes out and wins another prep at forty six to one where it closed. Uh, I could see that dropping uh, like a stone uh, into the next uh, Kentucky Derby's pu- uh, futures pool. Yeah, I'm probably a little more out on Shadow Dragon. That was a really weak Holy Bull field, in my opinion. The winner, Rocket Can, came back with an 82 buyer speed figure. It looks like Shadow Dragon is likely pointed towards the Fountain of Youth and where he's going to be running up against juvenile champion Forte as well as champagne champion Blazing Sevens. Uh, that's a tall task. Uh, for a horse, I do I do think this horse is much better than we gave him credit for. Uh, to I think to your point, um, I would still want to keep him at forty six to one. I I don't like him much more than that. So, uh, but you know, Bill Mott gets him ready. You know, and he he's been a pretty hot barn uh, lately with obviously Art Collector and then finishing one two in that Holy Bull with Rocket Cannon Fountain of Youth or uh, Shadow Dragon, I should say. I'll tell you what, I I think I'm a little bit of a Bill Mott fanboy, and I've also recently become a little bit of a, a Army Mule uh, fanboy. I love betting, <laughs> like, Ar- Army Mule, first out, offspring. And <laughs> uh, All right, let's move on. Let's get number 19, General Banker, at nine points. Once again, lopped in, lumped in as a two-to-one with the all the other three-year-olds. Uh, was a third in the Jerome and the Withers, so we've got some consistent knock-around kind of form. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Ferraro cha- uh, trained central banker sired. Uh, he, this looks like a hard pass to you, and it looks uh, to be a regional reason for it. Yeah, watching New York racing in the winter is just painful. Like, it's just painful to watch. It's painful to watch how cold everyone is. It's painful to watch how, like, bundled up Maggie Wolfendale is out in the paddock. Mm-hmm. It's painful to watch everything about New York racing in the winter. And it's painful to watch these horses run down the stretch because they look like they're running in quicksand. And then we see the buyer speed figures later that day, and it's like 62, 71. <laughs> you know? Meanwhile, Irad is like finishing eighth down at Gulfstream Park on some horse that ran a 90 buyer speed figure. I mean, it's just, it is so painful to watch New York racing over the winter. I'm sorry. I'm a native of Pennsylvania. I get it. But I also don't really like New York for that reason. <laughs> but uh, it's just, yeah, I just can't get excited about New York racing over the winter. Central banker, you described him, knock around horse that kind of cleans up for minor awards. 
Yeah, yeah. This time of year, uh, you, you have like the Chad Brown trained horses, the Todd Pletcher trained horses that are up at uh, Aqueduct during the winter, and you think yep. if you were any good, you would mm-hmm. be at Gulfstream. Yep. right now and so it, it's it's easy to bet against those fake ass cha- chads those fake ass todds and uh i almost combine that into the fake ass chod which uh <laughs> feels another thing yeah it feels like yeah. a like a part of the anatomy like you learned about on the back of the school bus like that's <laughs> fucking weird um all right uh moving on tied there are a bunch of horses tied for 14th here uh so i'm gonna rattle these off tappet's yep. conquest 63 to 1 uh you got that by for brad cox by tap it of course uh t- then you got lugan knight uh lumped in with the all other three-year-olds uh the jerome winner mike mccarthy golden sense uh practical move 83 to one third in the bob hope won the lost al futurity for a tim yak teen uh by practical joke uh wnl uh 90 to one won the rims in eighth and an awful sam f davis mm-hmm. then we've got victory formation uh for brad cox by Tapperit. Uh, yeah, and that rounds out the rest of this block. Now, I threw a bunch at you right there, and yeah. they might be the most interesting ones, so that is on me for yeah. planning how I planned this <laughs> going going down. But uh, yeah. let's go go ahead. Down the line, let's hear what you think. Let's start with Tappet's Con- Conquest. Yeah, so the two that stick out to me in this group are really Tappet's Conquest and uh, Practical Move. I think those are the two most interesting ones. Uh, Tappet's Conquest was a close finishing fourth in the risen star this past week, that was the horse's first ever uh, graded stakes attempt. Cox has already said that this horse is going to the Louisiana Derby next. Uh, so it's going to have another shot to gain more Derby points. And Cox also said in an interview afterwards at the eighth pole, he thought Tappet's conquest had the race. Uh, and you know, so this horse does have ability. will like the distance. I think I would gladly take the, uh, what is it? 63 to one right now. Like that's actually a pretty good bet. I think for me, and then Practical Move is an interesting horse. I I think this horse has the goods. And I know we talk about Los Al form being a little bit funky, but this horse is training lights out for Yachtin and, uh, Santa, uh, and Santa Anita. I'm interested to see where this horse runs next. I'm interested to see what this horse does. But uh, I think this horse has some ability. Yeah. If there's one thing that I take away from this, uh, and it's a buyer beware, I, I would stay away from victory formation. If it's anything close oh, to yeah. like a, a 23 to one, yes, the horse won the Smarty Jones. I see in your notes, you, you put something uh, in there that makes me think of this being uh, the second edition of another horse making its you know run as an older horse, which is Caddo River. Uh, yeah. another Brad Cox train that like yep. looks like a killer miler, but they're going to try to yep. stretch it out. And, uh, you know, cause a little bit of the Derby fever, which, Hey man, if you got a horse that you think has the goods, why not try it? Of course. But you know, we'll probably be a horse that like cuts back and just be like a mile specialist in, in older age. Yep. I agree. Well, I think one turn miler. And, uh, I think if this horse is more likely to end up in the Pat day mile in the Kentucky Derby. So. Yeah, I mean, and looking at the odds, twenty three to one. Uh, I mean, sure, that's a long price, but in the you know, in the scheme of futures odds right. pools, uh, it's uh, it's pretty short, and uh, it's pretty yeah. short for a horse that might not even make the gate. So, yeah. as it, we're on to the second block. Oh no, I have the most important question to ask here. Uh, if you could place a future wager on any of these horses, would make the gate definitely. Who's your horse that's definitely making the gate? Oh, definitely making the gate. Um, from this group, I will actually say, uh, Tappet's Conquest. I think Tappet's okay. Conquest will rack up some derby points and the Louisiana Derby, which is that kind of 150, uh, breakdown. So that's, that's my pick there. So I think I get 
a pretty good amount of value from betting Shadow Dragon. I will probably hit Shadow Dragon next time at 46 to 1. And because I think that there's a ton of upside. I do think that this horse probably has the goods to make the gate. Uh, is only getting better. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, Shadow Dragon, yeah, uh, if I were to bet any one of these horses definitely makes the gate, then it's going to be that horse. And I mean... When it comes to betting these future bets, that's the name of the game, is making sure you just have horses in the gate whenever they go off on the first uh, Saturday in May. All right. The second block, we're moving on. Mm-hmm. So, starting with number 13 because of how weird ties happened. Red mm-hmm. Route 1, 13 points, 58 to 1 when the pools closed. Third in the Breeders' Free Charity, fourth in the Kentucky Jockey Club, then a second in the Southwest Stakes. A second that had a lot of people's head. You know, heads turning towards this three-year-old Colt for Steve Asmussen by Gunrunner. What did mm-hmm. you think of Red Route 1? I think we might actually differ on it, depending on what your take is here. I, I like him a lot, but he's pace-dependent. And he needs a strong pace up front. And here's the thing about Gunrunners. You talked about the precocity of them earlier. Here's the other thing, though, is they love the mud. That Gunrunner babies are like 35% winning in the mud. It's insane. And that Southwest was in the slop, and I think he just likes the slop. And so as much as I cross a line through the slop when it's negative for a horse sometimes, I also cross it out when it's positive for a horse. So as much as I like uh, Red Route 1, he just needs a super hot pace to run into. Now, you put him in last year's Kentucky Derby, yeah, maybe maybe that works out pretty well. Sure. But that was also kind of historic pace breakdown. So uh, I, I like him, but I don't think I'm as high on him as other people are. I'll tell you what, at 58 to 1, you could see a world where this horse keeps getting steam based off of how visually impressed people were by the second in the southwest closing into the into the slop into the hot fractions. They're not going to look at the at the times. They're not going to look at any other comments. The rest of the race, they're just going to see that horse flying late. So I could actually, I think it has you know like a rich strike kind of element where a million things have to happen right mm-hmm. for this horse to win because it is so pace compromised, but. I could see it going off at less than 58 to one on Kentucky Derby day. I agree with that. I agree with that. Absolutely. I'm not really high on the horse's chances, but I mean, eh, eh, he's not bad. He's a good horse. He's a good horse. I mean, yeah, that's what what I'm talking about. This guy's with me. All right. Moving on. We got number 12, Jace's road, 15 to points. Close it 99 to one. It was third in the Iroquois won the gun runner. I mean, I got to think that Gunrunner is just, like, zooming in all of his children right now. Like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> you let a fucking, you let a qu- bunk-ass quality road steal the race that's named <laughs> after me? My God. But Brad Cox did it with uh, with Jace's Road. Um, yeah, what do, what do you think of, uh, of this one? Uh the Iroquois has not been coming back particularly salty, correct? <laughs> correct. If you're still waiting for Curly Jack to cross the finish line at the Risen Star, that's absolutely right. Um, the Here's the thing about Jace's Road. He does not like the slop. He is kind of the opposite of Red Road 1. Uh, the, the two worst efforts have been in sloppy sealed tracks. So to some extent, you can cross those out and give this horse another shot. Here's the thing, though. Where's this horse going exactly? This horse isn't in the Rebel Stakes this weekend. Is he waiting for the Arkansas Derby? And if that's the case, he's got one shot basically to get into this field. I mean, is he is Cox going to ship him up to New York? And is he going to do the Jerome and the and the uh, or not the Jerome, but the Gotham and the uh, Wood? 
I, I mean, I just, I don't know the route he has to get to the first Saturday in May. And so that's why I'm just kind of puzzled about him. And I think he's a fine horse, but that's, that's about it. Okay, moving on. We've got Arctic Arrogance. This is one of two tied for 10th place. Uh, mm-hmm. Arctic Arrogance, 16 points, won the Sleepy Hollow. And then three consecutive seconds, the mm-hmm. Rimson, the Jerome, the Withers, Linda Race trained, uh, who is just like, I don't know, banking suspension days that she will have to serve in the <laughs> afterlife at some point. Like, she'll be on that really, if she goes to heaven, she'll be on that really shitty cloud, like for, with like a yeah. uncut uncomfortable uh plastic chair for like five to six years of eternity she'll have a very long trial in defend your life which is a very underrated albert brooks movie in my opinion there we go uh and so uh you know if you've never seen that movie please go and watch that and uh but yeah i i have a hard time really getting too excited about arctic arrogance another kind of new york horse you made a point in the notes though that is i think valid which is it's just not the strongest field like it's not the strongest group up there and maybe this horse just racks up points underneath to get into the into the derby because you don't need that many you finish second or third in the gotham and the wood and you're right there i uh listen i'm kind of offended here uh because you completely put me in the weeds thinking of albert brooks as the lead man in a movie like moving a narrative (laughs) <laughs> moving the narrative along i feel like yeah. he's best served as a part of an ensemble cast come on uh-huh. um well god i mean we can't all, yeah. know somebody you, <laughs> this shit comes out um yeah you don't think yeah. of albert brooks as being the romantic lead to uh you know meryl streep but it happens yeah okay know? so uh <laughs> trust what matthew said i have no take other than just you know I went straight to Albert Brooks land. So moving on, we're looking at Arctic arrogance. Oh, I already just said Arctic arrogance. Uh, we're moving on to blazing sevens. You see, do you see what you've done to me? Blazing sevens, 27 to one in the last, uh, in the last futures pool, won the champagne stakes fourth in the BC juvenile. It's Chad Brown, uh, who trained the sire, good magic, who was a, a BC juvenile winner, uh, before justify stormed onto the scene. Um, Another pretty interesting horse. This might be the most like con- contentiony horse that I think we've run into yet. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. This is a horse that I probably like a little bit more than maybe others, but we've not seen him since that Breeders' Cup Juvenile. He's a little bit like Forte in that regard. It's like, well, what are, what are we going to get? I don't know what horse we're going to get. He's basically got two shots. He's going to get the Fountain of Youth and the Florida Derby uh, to prove himself. Now, what I will say, he's been on the workout tab for the last five weeks in a row. He's been turning in nice works. Uh, for Chad down in South Florida, but, and he's not a bad horse. I mean, he finished fourth at the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. He won the Champagne. I mean, he's a good horse. He just doesn't make me say wow in any ways, but no horse is really doing this crop. So to some extent, like, why not with, with Blazing Sevens? All right. So looking at that block, that second block, we just named all those horses. If you could make a mm-hmm. future wager that one of these horses would not make the Kentucky Derby starting gate, who is your lock? Who are you locking in? Uh, Jace's road. I just don't think he has a path and I think he's in too loaded of a barn. All right. I'm going Arctic arrogance. Uh, you know, it's been hitting the board against soft, you know, New York Derby prep competition. And as the competition gets stiffer, once it warms up a little bit and the bigger races like the wood show mm-hmm. up, like then, then you're going to get some, some decent horses shipping in town. And I think as the points per race go up, I'm not sure if the horse continues to accumulate points. So 
of anybody here, I would say fool's gold betting betting Arctic Air against at seventy eight to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I feel like that's the horse most likely out of that group to to drop out of the gate. All right. We are into the third block. Nine through six, or however math works. Here we go. <laughs> Curly Jack at 17 points at number nine. 49 to one. Second in the Ellis Park Juvenile. Second in the Iroquois. Fifth in the Risen Star. It was a Tom Amos trained. Another good magic baby. Uh, interesting that this horse would have closed at 49.1 with basically nothing but, you know, really, uh, spunky seconds to show. Yeah. I don't particularly like this horse. Uh, this horse kind of, so, and here's why this horse runs the same speed figure every time, basically. And one of the things that I like to see out of horses on the Derby trail, some progression, some development. And this horse from the time this horse was basically second career race to just last weekend in the risen star source just runs the same number every single time. Right. And, and I just, I have a hard time believing. I, I just think this horse, like the fifth in the risen star, or, or I think if they might finish seventh in the risen star, like wherever this horse finished in the risen star is like, I think where this horse is going to finish in all these preps uh, or worse. So I just have a hard time getting behind curly Jack. Okay. So tied for eighth, we've got three horses here. Uh, mm-hmm. first one is going to be Curly Jack. Oh, wait, wait. Litigate, mm-hmm. uh, 20 points, 28 to one, won the Sam F Davis for Todd Pletcher sired by blame. Uh, looking at the price of 28 to one, you can already tell this has happened to some poor soul. Uh, I call it, uh, King G syndrome, King Guillermo. He, re- he won one of these Tampa Bay preps yep. and everyone fell in love with him. And there's always some unfortunate bastard who falls in love with a Tampa Bay uh, prep horse and only to get King Jeet on. Thoughts? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could say you could use the same argument last year with Classic Causeway. True. The Classic Causeway looked like dynamite at Sam F. Davis in the Tampa Bay Derby. I mean, he broke out first in that field and just wired him, you know, from gate to wire. And it was no problem at all. And Classic Causeway, we discovered A is not that fast and B is not that good. And so uh yeah i litigate i don't really have a lot of confidence in that sam f davis was relatively weak and here's the other thing all of his main competitors in that race had terrible trips uh so wnl was like up on heels and had to take back um prairie hawk the safi joseph jr horse was looking the wrong way at the break uh champion's dream the mark cassie horse like actually came up with an injury like halfway down the stretch and was eased like and those were the three major contenders. And so it was just litigating a bunch of bombs underneath, which from a betting standpoint was awesome. But uh, like from an actual test of how good is this horse? I don't, I just don't think very much of it. All right. So hit show uh, mm-hmm. that one also tied for 20 points, 28 to one like litigate won the withers, Brad Cox candy ride. Uh, I mean, Brad Cox is making he's sh- definitely shooting his shot and he's shooting his shot all over the country with these different preps trying to uh-huh. trying to get a horse through because Brad Cox wants like a legit like non like mandaloon d- disqualification derby right 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 and he's getting higher and higher profile owners and I mean he's running into a little bit of a top Pletcher problem that Pletcher had for years which was like he has all these horses and all these owners who want a derby horse and what you realize is when that happens, you have to spread them out to different areas. So you got to run them some up in New York. You got to run some in Tampa. You got to run some in Gulfstream. You got to run some in Oaklawn. Got to run some at the fairgrounds. I mean, you got to spread them out. 
And um, but Hitchhow's a good horse. I mean, beat Arctic Arrogance, did it with ease. Uh, but I should point out, Hitchhow was ten to one on the morning line in the Southwest, scratched out of that race, went up to the Withers, and was the second choice at nine to five on the morning line. Uh, so, you know, the caliber of horse that this horse beat in the Withers was probably not that great. That said, the horse still did show ability. Uh, and, you know, sat a little bit closer, easily went past Arctic Arrogance, recorded a 91 buyer, which is actually pretty high for this group. So, um, you know, got to take it seriously. Yeah. And I, I think that part of the thing that will happen is it's hard to take seriously aqueduct times aqueduct fractions during the winter because they're so incredibly slow like this is one that i'm very intrigued uh you know intrigued with i really want to see this ship out to maybe like a keeneland in the Mm -hmm. spring uh Mm -hmm. and see what it can do on you know one of these like scrape down surfaces that is built for for speed uh as just basically marketing for the breeding industry at the Mm -hmm. home of of the the best uh you know best auctions in the world so all right, hit show. I'm intrigued. I will say I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm also intrigued by this next one with 20 points, 35 to 1. Won the Holy Bull, Rocket Can for Bill Mott and Into Mischief. And, I mean, I do like Bill Mott, so that might be why I'm intrigued. But <laughs> what are what are your thoughts here? I like Bill Mott, too. And I'm definitely intrigued by Rocket Can. Didn't run the biggest power speed figure, but that was also won the Holy Bull coming off the bench. So I'm interested to see how this horse runs second time out, which presumably is going to be the Florida Derby. And, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. I, an honest horse and that horse had a super wide trip the whole way around at the Holy bull. Uh, so didn't have the easiest way and still was able to kick clear. I think there's some ability there. I, I think, um, you know, there's a horse I definitely expect to be in the starting gate at the Kentucky Derby for sure. Um, I don't know how much of a contender he'll be, but that'll depend on how he runs in the Florida Derby, but, uh, there's some talent there. And I like you, I'm a sucker for Bill Mott. I just like him a lot. I think, I think he's a class act. All right, so we're into the top 10 with that block, which means that it's increasingly likely that these horses make the gate. Uh, mm-hmm. You think the, the majority of these that we mentioned are going to make the gate if you had to drop a futures wager, uh, and we'll, we'll say at the odds that the, the last pool closed at. Um, what, where do you go with it? Um, I will probably go with uh, Hit Show out of this group uh, okay. at 28 to 1. Uh, that, that'll, that'll probably be my... my future bet see i would dutch it because i'm a sharp uh with a <laughs> hit show and then uh rocket can uh <laughs> yeah yeah I, I might be betting with my heart with rocket can but uh yeah i i like it i and i mean if a horse it, i i think a lot of it is based off of 28 to 1 and 35 to 1 i could easily see both of those horses being way less whenever they walk into the gate at the kentucky derby oh yeah for sure for sure all right so here we go the top five mm-hmm. by points mm-hmm. block four, the drama block. <laughs> we start off with it's a horse name, but I wish it was the name of like a very dark tell all autobiography from the behind the scenes of, um, you know, fresh Prince of Bel-Air mm-hmm. um, where it turns out that we had a, like a bipolar uncle Phil, um, the two Phil's 23 points. Yeah, uh, won the street scent, second in the Lecomp, third in the Risen Star for Larry Ravelli by Hard Spun. Hard Spun is like having like a badass like Chevy Cavalier. Like it's so old school now, you know. Like no one, no one gets Hard Spuns right from the tap. <laughs> they don't. Uh, but I like Two Fills a lot, and so Two Fills is my 
I don't love him as much as simplification, but he's the same type of horse, which is that he runs hard. He runs honest. He's going to finish underneath and he's never going to win. And so, but he is a shoe in for the Kentucky Derby because he's going to keep racking up points, finishing like second and third. And he just, he'll, he'll be able to get the distance. Like I said, he runs honest. He's versatile. He can be like super close to the lead or he can sit a little further back. And so there's not a lot to dislike about him as a value pick. And, and I just, you know, I, I, but I never view him as a win candidate. Yeah, at, at ninety, the the odds reflect correctly at ninety five to one that the horses just I, I call them knock around grinder kind of horses that just yeah. they get paid they just get paid yeah. finishing second and third and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that in these huge races but I mean it, it's obvious that not a lot of people have the confidence in the horse to actually get all the way up so let's move on to number four Sun Thunder twenty four points fourth in the Southwest second in the Risen Star Kenny McPeak into mischief. Uh, you've all, are also mentioned, you know, uh, Kenny McPeak and his, his medication moves. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we see, we've seen Sun Thunder run a, a second in the, uh, in the, uh, Risen Stars. So, do yeah. we, you know, maybe this is his horse that doesn't need the, uh, the Lasix. Yeah, it's possible. And, and the race before this, I mean, the reason Sun Thunder was at such a huge price in the Risen Star was the race before this to not run well in the slop at the Southwest. Again, you know, that kind of flatters the form of a horse like Red Route One, uh, who was, you know, easily beat Sun Thunder that day. Now you could say maybe it's just because of the conditions and now Sun Thunder on a dry fast track also had the perfect pace set up. This horse that also comes from behind uh, and the pace melted down at the Risen Stars. So things kind of went its way. The way I feel about Sun Thunder is I need to see another, I need to see another race before I believe anything here. Uh, and because uh, I believe he's in the two for one uh, all other betting pool. And so I, I you know, I, I just need to see something else there. Yeah, interesting note to note that the horse is two to one, uh, lumped in with the all other three year olds. I would imagine that he's on the uh, he's on the uh, you know by name on the board uh, yeah. whenever we have the next pool, which I believe opens March tenth. March tenth is, is the next okay. one. So uh, right now, absolutely no value if you're able to bet it today. But uh, going forward, I think there might be some value there for that horse in the uh, in the next pool. Uh, moving on, horse I actually kind of like a little bit. Uh, Instant mm-hmm. Coffee, thirty two points, twenty two to one. Probably your second shortest horse because I think everything else I've seen is like 23, 25, 28. Uh, might yeah. be your, your second choice. Fourth in the Breeders' Futurity, won the Kentucky Jockey Club, won the LeCompte, Brad Cox, Bolt Dioro, who I had a personal grudge against Bolt Dioro. I just didn't like, I didn't like his, mm-hmm. his, uh, you know, his persona. Like he felt like a real wrestling heel to me. I, when you said that you just don't like him, I immediately thought of the Lebowski scene. I don't like your jerk off face, Lebowski. <laughs> I don't like your jerk off yeah. attitude. Like, especially, um, I don't like you, jerk off. <laughs> exactly. Fucking plunks uh, him with a coffee mug. My God, that's the most brutal thing I've ever seen in a movie. Someone hysterical. getting hit in the head with a coffee mug. Hysterical. Um, listen, man, it's been a long night, and I hate the fucking Eagles. Um, <laughs> the 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 thing about instant coffee is this horse just kind of keeps rising in my estimation because everybody else is uh, tripping over themselves. Uh, like it, nobody else is really standing out and all, all instant coffee does is win and just has won two consecutive graded stakes races, which is more than just about any other horse in this crop can say. And he's a grinder. Uh, he's not flashy. He doesn't have great early speed. He comes from behind. He doesn't have a dazzling turn of foot either. He just kind of wears you down. He should be able to get the distance. He can beat, some of these other horses that we've talked about and you know, 
I don't know. You just, you, you kind of end up with him as a second choice. Uh, but I should point out, he's probably the third choice because remember the second choice in Kentucky to her futures was Hoosier Philly at 11 to one. And how did that work out? Ladies and gentlemen, this That's last true. week, That's not true. so good. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a horse. I really like, cause he did me a huge solid beating <laughs> the most heavily bet up until yeah. the next day. Uh, <laughs> Breeders cup favorite of all time. It was short lived. It's like being the highest player in baseball you know for yeah. like a day and a half but yeah forte 40 points eight to one shortest price in the kentucky derby odds uh here uh fourth in the sanford then wins the hopeful wins the breeders futurity then wins the bc juvenile back-to-back wins at keeneland for todd pletcher for this violence baby um i mean i'm looking at your notes here i mean you've got a pretty pretty good point here which is the horse hasn't been seen in about you know three plus months it might be pointed towards the fountain of youth uh mm-hmm. Is it a horse that you think? I, I have a personal theory on this, so I want to hear your take first, and I'll, I'll give you my angle that I have here. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, I just it's interesting that Pletcher's taking his time with him. I think that's a good sign, actually, rather than rushing him back. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, the only thing I was a little worried about, and Pletcher is not known for throwing out bullets in workouts. Like, he's known for kind of taking it easy on the workout track, a lot of 49 and 4, five, 4 for long works sort of thing. He's not going to dazzle you with his horses. But Forte had turned in some slow-ass works, I mean, even by uh, Pletcher standards. Like, there was a 103 and two five furlong work, and I'm like, man, is Forte back? Like, is he just you, out you of just, shape? Like, what's You just got to get him in uniform into the stadium, and, Matthew. But then, he, but then he posted a, a, one, a 101 and two uh, five furlong bullet work this past week. So, you know, I, I think Pletcher's going to get him geared up. This is a really good horse. Uh, I mean, that Breeders' Futurity win over Loggins was about the best thing I saw last year. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I no no knocks on this horse at all. Yeah, and to be fair, 8-1 to one where it closed. Uh, it'll probably come up a little bit shorter depending on how the Fountain of Youth runs, but mm-hmm. we'll probably come up if he runs back in the Fountain of Youth, which I think he will because of this angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope you're still wearing your tinfoil hat that you uh, produced and put on. Which is very. Did you get that off of Etsy? It's very nice. I like the beadwork. Um, Todd Pletcher witness protection angle. When a horse just goes off the radar, you know it. Yeah. It's given a low level job in Arizona and told not to tell anyone from the from the East Coast. You know, like it's on like full on Todd Pletcher witness protection, not to be seen for ninety days, and then it shows up back on the scene. I love those horses. Those horses always fucking fire. Love mm-hmm. them. Love the Todd Pletcher Witsack angle. Absolutely. Love it. So, I love it. That's a great angle. Eight to one. Uh, listen, if this horse is all we figured it's cracked up to be, it's going to be at least second choice on the Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, actual day of betting. Yeah. Uh, so eight to one. I mean, that's value. I got seven to one on Justify a couple of years ago after, you know, in the like the final like opportunity to bet futures. Uh, and the horse probably went off it. I don't know, like one to nine. I feel like I know it wasn't that short, but. <laughs> All right, so that was Forte, and here we go. Your leader in points, Angel of Empire, 54 points. It was 99-1 to on the last one, second in the Smarty Jones. Just won the Risen Star for Brad Cox, sired by uh, Classic Empire. I'm going to do my best fixed off here. And it's Classic Empire! Um, Arkansas Derby winner, no big deal, leading the Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, 
or sorry, child of Arkansas Derby winner leading the Kentucky Derby point standings at this point. What do you think of Angel of Empire? I mean, at 99 to 1, it would, knowing what Why we not? know now, it would have been tremendous value. Yeah, no, I saw, uh, you know, some people were showing their 99 to 1 future bets that they had on him. This horse absolutely likes the distance. So there's a lot of questions about whether some of these horses can get the distance. I don't have that question about Angel of Empire. I do wonder how fast this horse is. 87 buyer speed figure. Uh, this last race, not He's anything to blow your skirt faster up. Faster than a pack uh, of wild Razorback hogs. <laughs> They're pretty damn quick. Um, he also had the ideal pace setup. I, I mean, again, that pace collapsed to the Risen Star. And just to pr- make that point, two fills was the only horse that sat within the top seven who finished in the Superfecta. So everybody else came running from well in the back. And so I just... Is he going to get that set up every time? I don't know, but he is. He does like the distance. And again, there's a lot of questions about horses who can get it. So at 99 to one, sure. I mean, why not? But I, I just, I'm not a hundred percent sold on this horse, although he is a Pennsylvania bred and, and that's my home state. So I am obligated to like this horse and compare him to Smarty Jones for that reason. I mean, one of the great things is that I, I like this horse so much because it, it's, it, it's like I've said earlier, it's it's the the horse of the future. Like, is the horse is going to be, you know, trending up? I think what's probably yeah. going to be interesting is you've won the Risen Star. You're sitting on 54 points. Do you run again before the Derby? It, it's interesting. Cox was very noncommittal about where this horse is going next. He was like, well, maybe Arkansas, maybe Louisiana, maybe Bluegrass. Like, basically, just like all of the potential preps next. He's like, oh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, maybe it depends a little bit on how this horse trains. I mean, that's something only Cox and his team would know. But is this a horse that can handle a long layoff? Is this a horse that needs to be worked pretty regularly to stay in shape? Is this a horse, you know, that needs to run pretty often to give his best effort? I I don't know. But you're right. I mean, he's guaranteed a spot in the starting gate with 54 points. And let's talk derby math. Maybe maybe you have Angel of Empire and he's going to be, I mean, Brad Cox is all over the country right now. So if Mm -hmm. he ships the horse to anywhere uh, or starts at the fairgrounds, uh, the horse is going to be running against other Brad Cox horses. And sometimes with this Kentucky Derby, it's just a fucking numbers game. He's going to be wanting to get as many people into the into the Derby preps uh, as possible. So yep. does he think so highly of Angel of Empire that he's like, oh, Angel of Empire will beat all of my other horses. So now we do we yep. bench him until then? Who knows? I, I think that I think the what happens this weekend in the Rebel with Giant Mischief and Verifying might have a yep. big impact on that too. Uh, because if those two look re- loaded for bear... Then, then he has got a real problem because then he's got, he's got Hit Show, he's got Jace's Road, he's got Angel of Empire, he's got Tappet's Conquest, he's got, you know, uh, Verifying, he's got Giant's Mischief, he's got a lot of horses, a lot of mouths to feed uh, in these preps. All right, so those were the top five. Who are you most interested in from a futures wager standpoint if you can get some sort of good price in the next pool? Um, I mean... Honestly, like you, I probably Forte, like because I just think he's the the favorite. I think he's going to go off as the favorite in the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. So if I can get eight to one on the favorite, I'll take that. I'm with you too. I kind of decided it was time to Dutch him out. So I have Forte, and then the long stab of Angel of Empire, who's guaranteed to not be ninety nine to one, right? Uh, but I could still see in like the thirty to forty to one range. Yep, and I agree. if you know, if the the horse runs well, that's a ticket that I don't mind having in my pocket. Like we said, it's a numbers game of Brad Cox. So, and it just looks like the horse is trending up. I'm not looking for the horse of today. I'm looking for the horse of tomorrow and then the horse of now on the first Saturday of May. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so Matthew, have we seen the Kentucky Derby winner yet? Uh, not potentially on this list, no. Uh, I think there's a horse, Tappet Trice, for Todd Pletcher, who I yep. really like a lot. Yep. I think there's a horse, you know, I mentioned Bishop's Bay. That seems like probably not, but a very talented horse. Kings Barn, I mentioned earlier, is not on this list. I think it's very, very talented. Verifying is not on this list. I think it's very, very talented. Uh, there's a lot of really good horses that are not on this list at all that I think are going to have a huge impact on that first Saturday in May uh, and might be my favorites in the clubhouse, actually. I, I think that we maybe still haven't even seen the Kentucky Derby take winner take their first start yet. I, I could completely yeah. see there being a one or two, like one a mesh metal, you know, maiden special weight race. And now, you know, they're they're into like the big derby at their at their local park. And, you know, it's it's a horse like that that no one really has had on the radar. It seems to be the way that it's going. It, it used to be it seemed like, you know, mm. you, you saw these horses, they ran you know, a derby trail from the time they were a two-year-old, and you're like, mm -hmm. okay, these are the horses that are going to win. And now it's just like, okay, who has what in reserve that they're waiting to just debut and wreak havoc with? Yeah, I mean, Arthur's Ride is probably the horse that fits that description the best out of the ones you out of what you just mentioned. Broke his maiden down at Gulfstream like two weeks ago. Yeah. Does he show up at the Florida Derby in a couple of weeks? Like, you know, maybe. And, and then does he end up winning the Florida Derby and going to the Kentucky Derby? Like, that's entirely possible so uh yeah i think it's a good point it's a really weird crop this year i agree that there's i actually think we're going to see the best three-year-olds at saratoga this summer like i don't think they're going to be at the churchill necessarily uh so it's really fascinating what what do you think the plans are for arabian night because it's a horse that understandably doesn't appear mm -hmm. because it's it doesn't have derby points uh it didn't run for them last time it's going to have to change hands by february 28th if they're actually going to take a crack yeah. but the southwest stakes win was pretty impressive yeah. uh i mean i because it's a bob horse i'm always just like yeah fuck that horse that didn't it wasn't that impressive but it was a pretty good win um yeah, it was and so i mean now we have the question of what's going to happen with uh, with the Arabian Nights. I actually am a little bit off put by the fact that it was in Arkansas so early at the Southwest. That doesn't feel like the Bob move. It feels like the Bob move is to bring them in later for the Rebel and then for the the Arkansas Derby itself. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if changing where the Arkansas Derby traditionally falls with it being a little bit like a couple weeks earlier, the Rebel yeah. being a couple weeks earlier does something to it. But uh, I I don't really like the horse's chances to make you know, make the gate, even if yeah. they change Barnes. And it has to do with the fact that like Bob was there in his suit for the Southwest, like on, mm -hmm. on a day when the Pegasus, you know, and all those races were running. So it and was he very funded in the Pegasus. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's very, it's, it's weird. I've uh, uh, keep your tinfoil hat on because yeah. I feel like there's another conspiracy of Bruin. Yeah. It's interesting. I, there, I think I, there's a lot of speculation that it's going to go to Rudolph Brissett. Um, and because Rudy was pretty hands-on with Arabian night at, uh, Oaklawn for that Southwest win was there in the paddock with Bob in the winter circle. And I take it as actually a really interesting sign, but you're, you're right in general that all these Bob horses, it is super high stakes. They got one shot and yeah. if they don't fire, they're out. And yeah. so it is, it is boomer bust with them be, just yeah. because of the timing of when they have to run these races now to, because they don't have any points. And so, with Arabian Night, though, I actually kind of like that this is Bob's Midwestern horse. Broke his maiden at Keeneland, then goes and wins the Southwest, is probably going to run in the Arkansas Derby. Like, I just love the idea that there's a Bob horse that's never going to run in California. And so I just, I don't know. There's something about that that I kind of like. Yeah, uh, but uh, you're right. I mean, that might have been 
talked about not really being impressed by things. It might have been the most impressive race on the Derby Trail to this point. Yeah, uh, that's Southwest. True. I mean, it's so the horse has got a ton of talent, but you're right. I mean, it much like we talked about with Brad Cox's horses, it's like, where are they all going to go? And until yeah. we get more clarity on that, it's hard to really feel too confident about them. I'll tell you what, it's going to happen is all of Bob's horses are going to miss the gate. And then he's going to get them all back at once. He'd be like, ah, why can't I win the Malibu more than once in a year? <laughs> yeah. Why must I? He's going to try to figure out how to get a seven-way uh, mm-hmm. dead heat. And then yeah. just. You could probably yes. do that at Preakness. So you could probably do yeah. that at Pimlico this year. Yeah. And then he'll buy buy Bodie a new uh, something. <laughs> a you know. new horse. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever Bodie wants, Bodie gets probably. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us here at the Notorious OTV. After talking about Kentucky Derby, uh, rest assured, we're probably, oh, we, me, for the most part, sometimes with Matthew also, are, are going to be talking um, a lot more about the Kentucky Derby, as it turns out. So uh, <laughs> don't think that this is the last time we're going to talk before May. Oh, no, there's definitely more on uh, more to be, uh, to be heard. So that's going to do it for this show, though, and... Uh, I guess Wednesday I'll be talking with uh, Josh Rodriguez, Cherry Drank, nice. for all you folks out there in these streets of Twitter. Uh, he's going to be talking uh, Rebel Stakes. Since I'm going to Vegas this weekend, I'm going to be trying to get that in early. So it's going to be a very early look at the uh, the Rebel. So check that out. We'll be back with more Notorious OTB later this week. Brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Oh, shit. Hold on. Matthew, shout out your shows, man. Oh, I was uh, sure. I got the win play show that's out every Monday on the Trust the Profits. Uh, I also have Capping the Car that usually comes out Thursday night, Friday mornings, where I go races one through whatever and give you my top pick, my top value play for every race on the card. Going to be doing, obviously, the card at Oaklawn this weekend. So that should drop on Thursday night, Friday morning. It's going to be weird for me being in Vegas for the Rebel. Yeah, and the rest of us are going to be talking about Oakland, and you're going to yeah. be in Vegas. That's real cool, man. That's how you build. That's how you build intrigue, man. That's how you're like. People are like, oh, he's got an edge to him. He's super broody. He just disappears for weeks on end. Sometimes um, you're like that Witsec uh, Pletcher horse. That's right. I've been laying low in Arizona, working out of California Pizza Kitchen. You know. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it this time for the Notorious OTV. Brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We will see you later this week. Bye bye.